Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by best-selling author and host of The Rachel Cruz Show, Rachel Cruz. And this is your show, America, so give us a call at 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about your life and your money, and we will tell you the truth, even if it hurts your feelings, because we love you that much. And uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in today. Becky is in Bristol, Virginia to kick us off. Becky, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Uh, Thank you uh, for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, Well, I am currently $85,000 in debt that my husband of 35 years does not know about. And I have just had my oh crap moment when I overdrew my checking account because um, over 20 years ago we had to file bankruptcy and at that point my husband and I separated our checking accounts because he is a saver and I am a spender and I got us into that mess. So now I am door dashing, I'm working my full-time job, I'm selling everything that I have purchased, trying to get out of this debt because I do not want to to tell him and I don't want to ask him to help me and I can't find and DoorDash where I live is not that popular because it's just a rural area so how much do you make I I make 38,000 a year Becky what's the 85,000 what kind of debt is it credit it's all credit cards wow and what are you what are you buying like what what what's What's on the bills? I was buying anything and everything I wanted. If my kids wanted something, which they're now grown, I would buy them something. I would, if my mom needed help, I'd just give her a credit card. Mm. Okay. What made you wake up today and go, you, yeah. I'm done with this? Uh, when I overdrew my checking account paying these minimum payments on these credit cards. And are you paying any other bills right now? How are your finances going with your husband if everything's separate? Um, our house is paid for, thanks, thankfully, for because of, because of him. And um, I pay my own car payment and cell phone bill. What's your car worth, and what do you owe on it? Uh, I owe fifteen thousand on it, and it's worth about ten. And was that one of the things you were planning on selling? I don't see how I could because I don't have the five thousand dollars to make up the difference. Is the fifteen wrapped up in that eighty-five you mentioned, or is that outside of no? That? No, no. My husband knows about the car payment. So you got a hundred grand in debt. Yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. Okay. So Becky, you do realize you're going to have to tell him. I don't want to, but you, you think yeah, you're going to go to the grave and he doesn't know this ever happened? Well, I would. I would do just about anything to stop it because, like I said, we. I got us in a really bad situation 20 years ago, and he's not this type of person. He's not a spender. He's a saver. He paid our house off early. I just can't imagine having a healthy marriage going forward while you keep this secret. You can't. Yeah. I mean, your marriage will not be where it could be ever with secrets, right? And that's financial or otherwise. Um, Because there's a part of you, Becky, when you hold those kind of secrets and you're trying to be the one to fix it all on your own, which I'm not saying you shouldn't. I mean, like we can get to that discussion in a little bit, but um, that that's going to come out other ways, like within your body. I mean, like you you can't people, humans, our souls, we can't carry that around. It will it will 
come out sideways one way or the other. And so coming clean for you, Becky, and not even just for him to have the knowledge, for you. It will eat you alive. For you, you can't carry this secret around. It has to be taken from the darkness of inside of you to the light. And and it is going to be an excruciating conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for the, for any way for you to move forward, not just financially, but in other areas of your life, Becky, you have to bring him into this or and or someone else. If you have a good friend um, who knows you both well, maybe even going to a third party first and having them sit in with you if it's too difficult because of, you know, your history. But um, whatever that looks like, I mean, I really would encourage you, you, you have to tell somebody and then eventually you have to tell him and have this conversation. And, and Becky, and I want you to do some good work too. I'm like, you know, we'll get you some John Deloney, Dr. John Deloney material too, because there's some real stuff going on, Becky. Like I know, like when you look at those numbers on your screen and you realize, holy crap, I can't even keep up the minimum payments with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That's your old crap moment. But there's a lot of other stuff, Becky, going on that caused this, right? And it's, and I mean, I don't know if there's a level of a shopping addiction. I don't know if it's uh, really poor boundaries that you've set with people, a sense of not living in reality, right? Like there's all these elements, um, that mm-hmm. I want you as a person to overcome because money's just the symptom. This $85,000 in credit card debt is a symptom of other things going on within you. And until that's fixed and until that's addressed, I mean, really with a good counselor and a therapist, are you going to heal from that, be aware of that and be able to make different decisions day in and day out? And, um, and I wish there was an easy button. I wish there was an easy button, but it, it's going to be a season for you guys, a season of financially paying this back, whatever that looks like and however you guys decide within your marriage. Um, but it's also going to be a season of rebuilding trust because trust will be broken. It's been broken. Um, mm-hmm. And hard conversations there. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be painful, but it is the way to healing Becky. That is the way to heal. It is not to hold this and try to fix it yourself. Okay. I'm so I'm um, so sorry. I'm so sorry you're you're in this and I know there's probably so much shame and guilt and mm-hmm. regret yeah. that you have um but moving forward for you to to be able to take that weight off healing has to happen and it can't happen on your own. It really can't. We have to have other people around us and I think good professionals yeah as well. And long term um, we have to get your husband back to husband mode instead of roommate mode. One of the best parts of marriage and one of the hardest parts is having the accountability of a spouse. And I think that could have helped a lot of this if there was transparency in the finances and him saying, hey, you need to cut up that card. Remember, we don't use that anymore. We got burnt. We went through bankruptcy 20 years ago. We don't want that to happen again. And so I think you need accountability right now. It may not be your husband because there's already a lack of trust there. But we need accountability from other people. You've been doing this alone and keeping this secret. And how old are you? I'm 50. You're 50. So you have a lot of years left, Becky. I'm like, you have a whole second part of life. We've seen bigger, scarier numbers. Yes, to be lived. And we want that for you. And and, And I want that for you more than just the money side. I want this fix for you. But Becky, I'm like, man, there's there's so much for you to heal from and your story what brought you here um and i really want you to be able to do that if you hold on the line christian's going to pick up and we'll give you a bunch of uh, dr john deloney's um books and different materials because i think walking through that and kind of opening the door to that part of the world um 
and understanding yourself, I think is big. And Christian, put my book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money in there as well. But um, we just want to get you some good resources, Becky, and push into this. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't try to fix it yourself. Do the hard work. It's hard, but that's where the healing is. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. And one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ben is up next in South Carolina. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Sure. How can Rachel and I help uh, today? So... My wife and I discovered last year when my mother-in-law went in the hospital that my mother-in-law had a hundred K or more in debt. And so now she's in a post-acute care facility. She's not able to walk. She just got approved for disability and you know, the debt's still there. So we've been back and forth on just like, I think uh, bankruptcy is the only way for her um, to get out of that because no income and on disability, I, I don't see a way of her getting rid of a hundred K. It's just, is there any other solution? Does she have assets? Does she have a home? Uh, no, she had a car, but my wife had to get durable power of attorney, which lets her uh, move assets and make medical calls. It doesn't financially tie us to her, but um, whenever she's not able to make calls or manage assets, we can move them. So she had a car and that was the only thing of value that she had. Um, and my wife had that put into my wife's name so that that way we could cancel the bills, uh, for insurance and everything. It was paid off, but we had to cancel like insurance and taxes and everything so that a car that's not being driven isn't being paid. What kind of debt is the hundred thousand? Um, credit cards, microtransactions, little loans. It, I, I don't know how much medical debt is now being accrued because this was the debt before she was in the hospital. Mm. How old is she? 55. And do you know how much the disability payments will be? I don't know. She just got approved for it. And so we're still looking at like setting that up. Hmm. And what's her plan moving forward? How long will she be in this care versus being out on her own? Like, what's what's the time frame? Um, That's hard to say. Uh, My wife and I, as 
bad as it sounds, are kind of of the negative opinion that this might be permanent. Um, but what happened? What, what's wrong? What, what's what's going on with her health? So she wasn't very healthy to start with before she went to the hospital. She was on 27 medications. She was 300 something pounds and under five foot tall. She had heart problems. She went to the hospital because she had an infection in her heart and had to have an aortic valve replacement. And the surgeon said that she'd never seen that much infection in her heart. And so her blood sugar at the time, her regular blood sugar was like 400. So so it's a miracle she's it, even alive right now. Uh, it was a miracle she was alive before that, <sighs> yes. Um, but mm. she's, she's, yeah, right now she is healthy to the point of, like, we're not worried about infection or anything. All the stuff's under control in the facility. She's as healthy as she's ever been, but she's not able to walk is the issue. Um, it, it's just a matter of she needs to get physical therapy and they canceled that because they weren't seeing, they would saw her plateau on her progress. So they canceled it. Um, it's just a very, not very good situation. So motivation's lacking. We've gotten her to therapy on a tele thing. And so mm. we think that the solution is like, she's, we've had to, when we discovered how bad she was in debt, um, my wife's grandparents cut her out of the will because, uh, I mean, you're not going to leave the house with someone. Right. Well, all this misbehavior. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll mm-hmm. answer this as if I was in your shoes. I'm sorry you guys are going through this. Has your wife had a hard conversation with mom to give her the we, reality we, of where things are at? We've kind of had the reality check and I even spoke to her just a few hours ago of like, no more credit cards, no lotto tickets, nothing after this. Does your right. wife have power of attorney for the financial part of her life? Does she have all access to no. the bank accounts? That- um, she's gotten some access just from passwords and everything that her mother's let her do, but uh, we don't. We aren't financially tied to her, which is what we've been avoiding because we we're big fans of the Ramsey stuff. So we are yeah. doing very well in our lifestyles. Um, better than I've watched your videos, uh, George, on like where you should be in life at certain ages. We're 27. We're about double of what your uh, goals should be. Awesome. So we're doing well, but I'm not going to, my yeah. wife and I agree, we're not going to financially cripple ourselves to yeah. pay off. I would never suggest that. 20 years of yeah. bad choices. No, no. But well, no. I think it may be helpful to have the ability to cut her off from making this worse. And if she's unable, yeah, so, I, I, I can see her just at home if she only has access to a phone and laptop and she's stuck there just continuing this yes. spending out of emotion and depression. So here's what yeah, I would what do if I was it? in your shoes, man. I would pull her credit report to get a full picture mm-hmm. of all the debt she owes, who she owes it to, what the amounts are. Then I would begin the process of contacting all these creditors and explaining her situation very honestly. This woman is broke. Mm-hmm. She's on disability. She is lucky to be alive. She can't pay these debts. Mm-hmm. And many of them are going to go to collections, and that's just this, the sad truth of it. There may not be a situation where she just goes and pays off 100000 in debt at this point of her life and at this age. So you would say do that over bankruptcy? I think this is the start, it's is, the is pulling the credit report, contact the creditors, explain, and see what they say, what they're willing to do, what they're willing to work with her on, what they're willing to forgive, and then figure out what is her disability income and how do we manage her future expenses so that this problem doesn't get worse. And so helping her get on that budget 
And that that's where I think the control comes in, where you guys have to kind of help her manage this. You're not hitching your wagon to her financially, but I think she obviously needs some help here, and it may be your wife's doing um, because it's of the daughter-mom relationship to have mm-hmm. those conversations. But that's as much as you can uh, do, as much as you want to help her and get her out of the debt. I mean, she may end up going through bankruptcy. I hope it doesn't happen, but that's a very real possibility at her stage with this amount of debt and her yeah, no uh, inability to or work. Anything. I mean, because she's got no savings, mm-hmm. no retirement. She has nothing. But again, mm-hmm. bankruptcy, while it may solve her debt problem, we still have to think about how are we, yeah. is she going to survive? Moving forward, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. screws up your crime. I mean, you're, you're just, you know... For, for, for the a decade, issue with getting it's... her on board with this is that she's kind of lived life as a hoarder, which is how she's accumulated the debt without having anything of value. She doesn't have a it's... choice anymore. She's opted mm-hmm. out of having options. Yep. Yeah, so... but she, but it is to the end of the day, though. What's so hard about this is she could choose to go on a laptop, open a credit card, and do it. Right? I'm like, because I don't want Ben. I don't want you guys to feel like you then have to be the parents and control every little aspect oh, of her no. to save her, her. Her grandparents have done that. Yeah, and, and there's a are, point that she's. Cut her to it. Yeah, there. I mean, and it sounds harsh, and it, but there's there's nothing in your ability to be able to control every little behavior of someone else. You just can't. And for her, she. I mean, there there might be a reality where she faces the music and. Truly, it's it's bankruptcy, but we don't want, you know, like as much as we can avoid that for someone, we try every other possibility than just going down that road. Um, but it's it's hard, Ben, and, and, and it is that it is such a delicate balance of family of saying she's 55 mm-hmm. and, you know, I know she's not in great health, so I don't know how obviously how long she has, but I mean, it could be another three decades and mm-hmm. And it and it you and your wife have to yeah come and sounds like you guys are very much on the same page but figure out what are our mm-hmm. boundaries like where's the point that we draw a boundary that we've tried to help as much as we can but there's only so much that that you can do and the truth is she may go to the grave and still owe this debt and that's when it gets forgiven as long as none of it's in y'all's name it's not going to get passed on to you it'll go against her estate which there are there no assets anything, yeah. and so the debt yeah, will just get eaten by these the creditors goal. yeah so. That's so the truth. It's a sad truth of the it's matter. So and I'm sorry you guys are going through this, but I'm also, I'm proud of you guys. Mm-hmm. You've changed your family tree just by going, that's not going to be us. And you've had great boundaries. Yes. Um, already to by not enabling and, and propping self. her lifestyle up. You guys yeah. are doing the right thing. And I'm sorry you had to grow up so fast this way, but I'm wishing you guys and her the best with her health yeah. and financial situation, Ben. That's a really hard thing to do. But again, we, we can't change people as much as you want to help her. She's got to face the music at some point, and that, that's going to have consequences. Either way, this is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend. And their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. 
This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Well, Rachel, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but, you know, I'll be I'll be on the couch, maybe with some buffalo wings watching the big game. Oh, Looking Super for a Taylor Bowl Swift cameo. Sunday. Me too, George. That's really any, that's the only reason. We are a house divided. My on... conspiracy theory is that Taylor and Travis are dating so that more non-football fans will watch the game. Okay, people keep saying, we can talk, I don't want to talk about this conspiracy. I think it's, that is so stupid. She needs, she does not need that. And the NFL has got to fix themselves. You know, they got to figure it out. Money talks, own. Rachel. You pay me $40 million. I might date a football She's player. She's fine. You know? Is this the first she conspiracy that you need... haven't wanted to talk about? That's true. Rachel's uh, like, I'm shutting this conspiracy I, down. Here's the thing. A conspiracy is only something that's like, oh, wow. That's so, like, that would be crazy. Like, this whole, like, couples get together. Like, this happens a lot in Hollywood. But she doesn't need it. Anyways, we're getting off topic. All right. Well, we're here to she talk about money, it. Rachel. <laughs> So here's the the okay, trivia go. game we're going to play. And she's going to vote for Biden, too. So everyone's like, oh, my God, it's like a political thing. We all know there that. It is, we all know that. There it is. We all know that already. That's not a conspiracy. I okay, just okay, pushed the button so easily. <laughs> and I just, Rachel just went, just unwound. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Go. <laughs> we're going to play a game around Super Bowl costs. Okay. Play a little over under. So I'm going to name something. You tell me what you think it costs as it relates to the Super Bowl. Okay. Flights from any city nationwide to Las Vegas. What do you think the flights are costing? One flight, one way. Let's say round trip. Round trip. Round trip flight. I'm gonna say you would pay. I'm gonna go three grand. Wow, you're over. Oh, it's, it's less. It says three hundred to over a thousand dollars, depending oh. on how close and flight availability. I was thinking like twelve hundred one okay. way because I feel like they would have. So a thousand bucks for flights. Okay. Let's move on to hotels. Now, uh, most of them are sold out, but Staybridge Suites is one of the only ones that has available rooms. What do you think it costs for average per night? Um, how far out is this in the city? Do you have, do you have geographical locations? It says it's near the venue. That's all it says. Oh, gosh. I mean, I what bet you, you, you would night? pay, I mean, 700 You were spot on. Six ninety six. No. I'm going to call that a Got win. It. All right. So 1000 bucks for flights, 700 okay. for the hotel. And now, what about a resort near the venue? Oh, you're, you'll go uh, 1100 1377 Oh, man. You're a little under on okay. that one. Okay, okay. Okay. And hotels outside of the city that are more available, it's still 200 bucks to 650 for one of those. Okay. Now let's get to the tickets. This oh, is the man. priciest part. What do you think the average ticket price is for the Super Bowl? Average. Right now. We're talking secondary markets. If you just went and you wanted to buy one right now. I'm going to say... Twelve thousand. Gosh, she's good. What was it? Ten five up to twelve <gasps> is the range on the secondary. Am market. I a Super Bowl expert? Oh my god! You should go on like Price Is Right. You, you guess the price of like Clorox, and Rachel gets I it right. I actually be really good at that. Okay, obviously, look how and good I'm the, doing here. Okay, you win okay. the dinette set. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Okay, uh, most affordable ticket. What do you think that is? So that was average. What do you think the most affordable ticket is right now? I bet you could. I bet you could watch the Super Bowl live for. I'm gonna go seven seven thousand. A little under. Give me one more. Eight. Seven five. <gasps> Seventy five hundred bucks for the most affordable ticket. And most of them right now for least expensive are ranging after fees from 7800 up to 9300 Okay. Okay. So let's do the math now. Let's add it all up. Let's say the flights are 1000 bucks. 
The hotel, 700 bucks. Let's say you just stayed one night. Yeah. Somehow. You made that happen. That's yep. 1700 already. Now the actual ticket, you're talking, let's say that's 10 3 Mm-hmm. This hurts my brain. You're, yeah. I wasn't doing the math, sorry. Were you wanting me to do the math? Well, 10 3 plus 1700 That puts it at 12 Okay. So you're 12 grand. You're 12 grand uh, in without anything. This? No just food. Just for somebody that doesn't like know this world very well. That's reasonable to you? Um, I would have guessed it probably would have been higher. Like if you just said, what would a night's to stay, that doesn't include food, and go to the Super Bowl? I kind of thought you it would You would guess be like 15? Yeah. I, wow. feel like it, I feel like it would have been higher. Well, for perspective, Super Bowl 57's average ticket price was fifty seven ninety five. So I don't know if it's inflation or what, or if ever, this is a big game because of, you know, some celebrities that might be present. <laughs> Tay-Tay. Admit it. There was a lot of hype around this one comparatively. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen so much just press and news about football players. Amelia asked what time the Chiefs kick off. When your eight-year-old asks Amelia? that, you're like, oh, they've been talking at school apparently about it. And all this the girls school are, talk and for all, an eight-year-old? In third grade, yes. Goodness gracious. I know. Now, I'm sure the boys like actually enjoy the football part of it. Would but. you guys ever take the kids and go see the Super Bowl? No. Not worth it. I don't think I care about the Super Bowl that much. For $15,000, no. I think, well, I, I did an Instagram reel about this. You can take a, a trip for two, a cruise, seven-night cruise for two in a junior suite with a balcony oh, to the Bahamas. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that And it was 6500 bucks. Oh, gosh. I'm yeah. like, I'd rather do that. Twice. Even you, we compared it to used cars. You could buy $10,000. I'm like, would I rather have an upgrade to the car or, yeah. you know, or fully funding a Roth IRA? As boring as I am, and you know, <laughs> that's what I would do. Six grand. And here's the thing. And again, seven grand. we're not the most sports-loving hosts. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, of the Ramsey show. I love a play-action pass when I see one. But right I, one of my favorite passes there is. Come on. I, the two-point conversion, I live for that. I mean, it's, yeah, the, the stress the stress is high. I just think it's sometimes it's just more fun to be in the comfort of your own home. I agree. Well, can I be honest? I've been to one NFL game, and the whole time I was just looking at the giant screen because I could not see what was happening on the field, and I went, I could just be doing this at home I could just be without grown men yelling all around me. Right, right. And also that my Patriots lost to the Titans in a bad way. Oh, yeah. Like Brady just got spanked out there. No good. It was not fun No for me. good. Well, oh, man. There you go. If you're going to the game, um, good luck. Budget for it. Uh, I'm, I prefer, I don't, I'm fine with FOMO on this one. Yes, for sure. No, I'm good. Watching Usher from my living room. There we go. That's why I do it. Halftime. And That's the commercials have for. been mediocre, I feel like, in the past few years. So I will I'm really say, hoping for a If you're dropping millions that. on these commercials That's, and then dropping millions to That would have been a good stat. Era, I thought that was going to be part of this segment. Oh, what a commercial cost. Yes. Dang. Next year, hoping every out. dollar will have a uh, commercial in next year's Super Bowl. Maybe we can crowdfund <laughs> it because Dave's not going to pay a bajillion dollars for 30-second spot. But if everyone pitches in... We can get every dollar in front of America. There you go. Get get America budgeting. Let's do That's it. What we need. That's what we need. I do wonder how much debt people will be in due to the Super Bowl, due to all the costs involved. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that, again, I was about to compare it to a wedding. I don't know why, because it's like that one day event type thing. Oh, uh, well, your we wedding is crazy. very different than a Super Bowl. Well, so don't get mad at me in the comments. Spending but, fifteen grand on a game versus what a wedding costs. It makes weddings look cheap. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, it is. It's such a um, I don't know. We're such a culture of experience that it's almost like you lose this like gauge of reality 
sometimes and you just you're just all in you're just solely focused on yeah that's what we're gonna do we're gonna go to the super bowl that's what we're gonna do now if you can afford it and it's a on the bucket list or your team's plan yeah. and you know and you want to go it's great if like, you're like maybe step that, seven but, living your best life and 15 grand is not going to ruin your financial world yeah i'm not mad at you no but man it could it could go far that amount of money george true and truthfully, two, cruise, two cruises one thing i didn't realize when you're live at the game there's no commentary I didn't realize how much I needed that to explain what's happening. <laughs> the, the, the pass action, what'd you say? What was it? Play action pass, Play Rachel. Action. Get it right. Don't, don't offend any footballers out there. So I prefer the commentary. I want to be able to get up and go to the bathroom when I want, you know, and not... I think you can do that at a game. Yeah, but you're crawling over people. Oh, if there's a it's line. Like, excuse me, and everyone's like, they're about to kick the field goal, and George's like, I gotta go. And there are a few darker places in the world than a men's bathroom <laughs> at a sporting event. <laughs> Rachel, have you been to one of these? They no, just like, I have not. Actually. They give them like, they give them like a trough, and it's just a free for all. Oh, it's disgusting in there. I have very big opinions on your. Uh, yeah, I can't. I think it's gross. That's we'll gross. save that for another time. That's gross. But hey, enjoy the game. Hopefully, you're watching from home. You did it on a are budget. You, okay, go for real though. Chiefs or um, I'm or going 49ers. Chiefs. I'm going why? Chiefs. You know why? Hey, hey. Well, Blake Thompson, who oh, runs yeah. the Ramsey Network, is the biggest Chiefs fan I know. Basically, so, our boss on the show. I don't want our boss in a bad mood, essentially. Oh, no. Deanna's. Oh, San Francisco 49ers. Oh. Warehouse divided. Winston's going 49ers. I'm going Chiefs. Wow. Caroline's going 49ers. I'm going Amelia, Kansas City. Charles, Kansas City. At the City. end of the so day, we'll Rachel and I are Team Taylor. <laughs> and that's the truth. Who cares about the sports? The, I'm all for it. I'm here for the queso. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm joined by Rachel Cruz. I'm George Camel. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Well, our team is starting to get geared up for a brand new event happening May 10th and 11th. It's called Total Money Makeover Weekend. And I know there's millions of, of you out there. You've been listening for a while, but you haven't really followed this stuff. You maybe been Ramsey-ish. Maybe you followed it to a T, and now you got a journey ahead of you of just investing and building wealth, and you need a little pep in your step. Well, in just one weekend... You're going to get that. You're going to get a crash course on everything we teach about money. All of the Ramsey personalities will be there, including Dave Ramsey. Brand new content on budgeting, beating debt, investing, and so much more. So regardless of where you're at in your financial journey, this is going to light a fire under your butt to keep making progress. We're going to have live Q&As throughout the weekend, so bring your questions. We'll do a live Smart Money Happy Hour recording yep. with the crowd. And we crowd. just met Jonah out in the lobby, Jonah! and he said he wants to be there for the for the recording. People He'll are very excited about the Smart Money Happy Hour. They recording. may come just for that. It may just be the only reason people come. We do have a good <laughs> time. So make plans to be there. Get it in the budget. Plan the flights, the lodging, all the good stuff, and make a trip to Nashville to see us in May. Early bird tickets start at just 99 bucks. 
That's an amazing deal for a weekend event. And uh, the tickets will go up over time. So get them now. The Ramsey Event Center holds about 2,400 people. So this event will sell out. Get your tickets now at RamseySolutions.com slash events. Gavin is up next in Raleigh, North Carolina. Gavin, welcome to the show. Hello. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? So uh, I'm getting deployed here in the next few months, um, and I don't really have many expenses, so I should come back with a decent chunk of money, and I'm just curious on what I should do with it. Wow. What branch are you? I'm a Marine. Okay. Thanks for your service, Gavin. Thank you, guys. That's amazing. Um, How old are you? So I'm 20 years old. Um, I've been in for, I'm going on my third year now. I left when I was 17. Um, yeah. Wow. What are your, what are your future goals as far as finances go? Um, I would like to be financially free, you know, as soon as it's possible, but, uh, I do, I take my finances pretty uh, serious. So, you know, I just, I'm not sure if I should come back and try to invest into some real estate with my father or put it in different, you know, funds or a CD or, cause I come back from deployment and I'll have about a year and a half, two years left before my contract is over, so, yeah. Okay, so how much savings are we talking about? If All you right, could so, it. depending on how long, where we are, and whatever, it, it could be between twenty-five to 35000 Okay. And you have no debt? Uh, I have about $2,000 in credit card debt, um, you know, just young, young, you know, whatever, and then I have about $8,500 in a Roth IRA that gets taken out of my paycheck automatically, um, and it is matched 5% by the military. I have about 6500 in a brokerage account and $5,000 cash savings account. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you advice, and I hope you take it. I would pay the credit card off okay. today, and then I'd cut it up. You'll still have three grand okay. in cash, and then you can mm-hmm. start using every single dollar coming in to save up and build wealth. And you need to have a okay. – I know you won't have many expenses – but I would have an emergency fund there to protect you, um, and that may look like $5,000 for you while you're deployed Okay. for three to six months of expenses. Yeah, and just put that in a high-yield savings account, Gavin, so you can get to it if you need it. Um, mm-hmm. But I would just, yeah, I would just set that money in there, and I wouldn't make any big decisions until you're home. Um, right. And even, you know, I mean, you know, you're so young, which is great that you're starting this process, but even, you know, just, you know, being patient till you're 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 out, which will be another two years, um, and then until mm-hmm. you go and you know whether you choose to get back in, I don't know what that looks like, or go get a job. But by that mm-hmm. point is when you can actually say, okay, where do I want to settle in? Do I want to? I would buy a house for yourself before I'd go invest in real estate. Uh, we want to start okay. doing retirement. You know, you start kind of those processes. But I wouldn't worry too much about that right now. A part of me would just okay. save money. Um, and, and Gavin, you know, we talked to a lot of, um, military out there and we're so appreciative of everyone out there that serves our country. And the hard thing is, is what we see outside of so many military bases is these payday loans. There's traps everywhere. I mean, there's so much Mm -hmm. and they just, they prey on the military. They do. So staying away from all of that too, um, and just kind of have a hard line in the sand for yourself and not get roped into something. Even your friends and the cars they're driving, like there's going to be a lot of temptation in the next few years. And so if you can mm-hmm. just keep the blinders on, you're already doing such a great job on the investing side. 
And so just making sure you dial that back. And part of that is cutting up the card because truly you don't need a credit card. Mm -hmm. You're so smart at this young age. You're going to be just fine using your own money to live your financial Mm -hmm. life. So here's the steps. Pay off the credit card today, cut it up, rebuild that emergency fund, then invest 15% of all future income. And you can do that with that Roth IRA. You can do that with other retirement plans you may have access to. And then beyond that, I would just save up as much as you can in that high-yield savings account that Rachel talked about. So that when you come back from mm-hmm. deployment, you've got you know, 20, 30, 40 grand in the bank, and you've been investing for the future. And I'm telling you, at 20 years old, you're going to be a multi, multi Yeah, you'll be fine. And, before and, retirement age. And what, what do you think? Because I kind of feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about investing too much while you're deployed. When you come back, be looking into that because I would want a lot of cash coming back home because that transition coming home and kind of figuring out where you're going to go in the next year or two, I want as Mm -hmm. much cash as possible to have all the options that I want and not tied up in retirement yet. And then once that's kind of settled, then press play time. We call this baby step 3B, Gavin, where you some people choose to save up down payment while investing some some people invest nothing uh-huh. to get the down payment faster and so that's the the tension here yeah and it's not even Rachel's a down payment about. necessarily but it is like okay i have this money during this transition of figuring out what do i want to do i don't know that always just makes me yeah. feel safe just to have that well and you might need a, a car once you get back yeah, right, you, right. you know you might need a deposit right. for a place to live and so there, there is going to be a lot more expenses than you have now so it is the more cash you have stacked up the yep. better you won't regret that. But okay. I would not get into real estate investing with your dad yet. I would wait and okay. get your own place, get that place paid off, and then work on saving up cash for an investment property down the line. But you're 20. You have so much time. So don't feel like, yeah. I'm 24. I still don't own a house. Breathe. <laughs> you're doing great. You're just so driven that it's All hard right. to almost pump the brakes and just enjoy life. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you yeah, so much for your Evan. service again. Impressive. Abby's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Abby, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? Yeah, so um, I'll give my question first and then some context if you need it. So um, me and my husband recently took on some medical debt, some very unexpected medical debt, and we have some existing credit card debt, which for the past year or so we've been trying to just attack with as much as we possibly could. And so this medical debt, um, has some of it has kind of started to go to collections pretty quickly. And I guess my biggest question is, should I, I've heard that medical debt when it goes to collections, um, doesn't hurt you like your credit score or anything. I could be wrong about that. Um, so I'm wondering if I should let it go to collections, kind of talk it down to a smaller amount while continuing to attack the credit card debt, or if I should take another approach. How much, how much do you guys have in medical debt? Um, it's about $9,000. Okay. And how much in credit card debt? About 29000 29000 in credit card debt. What were you guys buying? Yes. Um, yeah. So it was a mix of we did a kitchen renovation and we didn't put that on a credit card. We did it on a HELOC. Um, and so, but that's all kind of mixed together. Credit card debt, HELOC debt. Okay. And how much, is, the cre- how much is just the credit cards? Just credit cards, um, eighteen thousand probably. Okay, yes, and it was 18, is that just lifestyle? Yeah, it was lifestyle. It was Christmas vacation. Yep. Okay. Yeah, what do you guys just make? The American way. What, yeah, totally. What do you guys make? <laughs> um, we make. Um, my husband nets about forty six hundred a month, and I net twenty three hundred a month. Okay. You guys can tackle this quickly. I would not let the medical debt just go to collections. The problem is they're not going to settle and negotiate when this debt is so fresh. 
it would have to be years yeah. old. And so I would just get it current and make plans to pay it off and use that debt snowball. Smallest yep. to largest balance. You guys make great money. What we need to do is ratchet down our spending. Yes, not try to cut up the credit debt. cards, Abby. Cut them up. Be done with it. Be done with this. And really focus why we got here in the first place. Because until you fix yourselves, you're going to see this continue to You'll bubble up. Back right to where you started. We don't want that for you. This has been another hour in the books of The Ramsey Show. My thanks to Rachel Cruz, all the folks in the booth, and you, America. We'll be back before you know. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz, and this is your show, America. So give us a call at 888-825-5225. We'll show you the right next step you need to take with your life and your money. Christian kicks us off this hour in Omaha, Nebraska. Christian, what's going on? Hey, um, how are you doing? We're doing great. How can we help? Um, so over the last couple of days, I lost my job. Oh, and oh man, I'm, I'm sorry. just trying to figure out the best way to move forward. What happened? Um, it was just a disagreement uh, between me and my manager, and I think it was just a clash of personalities, really. But And so your manager was just like, you're fired? Yeah, r- pretty much. What were you doing? I was in IT. Okay. What were you making? Uh, 58 uh, a year. And were there any conversations about, like, was it straight firing, no severance, nothing? Just done? Yeah, I as far as I know, I got my last paycheck this morning. So. Okay, are you single? How long were you there for? Uh, just six, so I'm married, um, and my wife brings in some money. But I was only there. F- we moved here to Nebraska in May. Was At it the for the job? Uh, yeah. So it was for work for both of us, actually. Okay. So yeah, You've been there less than a year. And now it's just your wife's income. What does she make? Uh, 35. All right. Have you started looking for jobs already? Are there other opportunities yeah. in your area in IT? It seems so. I've heard back from a few. Good. So Okay. Well, hopefully we get you back working in IT very soon. In the meantime, we've got to figure out how to survive until the next thing happens. So what are your monthly expenses right now? Have you guys sat down with a budget to go, okay, here's what it's going to take to run the house for the next month and the next three months? Um, not specifically. Like, we, I pay attention to what's in our bank account, um, and then we do, but we do have a mortgage, um, and then food is, and gas is really all it is right now. Okay. So this is what we call storm mode. And so when you sit down to do your budget, we're going to gift you every dollar premium which is going to help. It's going to connect to your bank account, track transactions. There's a paycheck planning tool that you can use to make sure that you've got enough money coming in to cover all the bills that are coming up. And so what I want you and your wife to do is sit down tonight and lay out every single expense. Print out the bank statement, do whatever you got to do, and lay out exactly what you need, not what you want, what you need to cover your budget for the month. And Rachel, what are some of the things they need to look out for in that budget? Well, just know as you're pulling those numbers, Christian, this was numbers that you guys were living off of before a budget. And, and you made over double. So you're probably going to be, yeah, uh, spending more because it wasn't very much on purpose. And so when you guys look, do you guys have kids? Uh, no. Okay, just you guys. 
So, yeah, I mean, I would look and say, okay, here's here's what it costs for um, us grocery-wise, uh, restaurants, lights, utilities, um, you know, when you look at uh, subscriptions, like anything that is coming out of your checking account, I want you to write those numbers down. And again, this is before you've budgeted. So, I mean, I don't know, if you spent 700 a month at a grocery store, just know it's you two and that wasn't on a budget. So try to bring that down to, to 400, right? I mean, like do what you can to limit as much expenses as possible for you guys during this time because, you know, just maybe a month or so before you transition in. And so just know that if you cut things now, it doesn't mean that they're going to be forever, but for this time period, because I don't want you guys going into debt. I don't want anything like that to be happening because that's going to cause more stress. But I think having these numbers down and getting a good idea of, okay, here's a, here's the paycheck for next month. Here are expenses. And then if there are gaps, Christian, between now and you getting a job, I mean, that may mean you're picking up an hourly job somewhere and doing what you have to do, even though it's not the job and you may feel overqualified for it. But the idea is staying afloat with your food, shelter, utilities, and transportation. And that would be the, that would be the biggest thing. So as you're talking to these other companies, do you think the transition getting a new job will be fairly quick, would you say? Um, I hope so. I'm doing some interviews soon okay that's so. great yeah yeah well do you, do you guys have any debt uh we have a mortgage and we just paid off our car just last month great oh, good so no other debt except mortgage correct any savings uh we have uh the thousand dollar emergency fund and then about three thousand on top of that okay great yeah, I mean, and this is a time that if you have to use that emergency fund, that's what it's for. I mean, job loss is one of those that we list out. But if you can avoid it and do what you can not to touch it, that would be ideal. But if you need to dip in and, you know, get a get some money out of that emergency fund, that's what it's there for. But it won't be there forever. And it's not a big one, right? It's just to really cover those really major things. So if you can, in the meantime, again, cover the basic expenses um, but hopefully it won't be too long, Christian. I, I mean, I feel hopeful for you. I think you're in a great um, sector of looking for a job and the job market and all of that. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like there, there's a lot of hope there. Thank you. And in the meantime, you may, you know, even outside of a retail job, you can download these apps like DoorDash and Instacart and Uber Eats and go to your local pizza place and deliver pizzas just for a few weeks until you land that yeah. next thing, until that next paycheck comes in. Uh, that would be very wise. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to do to kind of swallow your pride and do a job you'd rather not be doing and making these sacrifices. But this is what it looks like to take care of your family. Yeah, I actually did DoorDash in college. So I'm trying nice. to get back on now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And you can make 15, 20 bucks an hour, um, you know, and, and tips and all that. So I think that's a, you're going to be back on your feet with a great field like IT. Um, in your area, it sounds like you'll be back in no time, but this is the time to just go, we got to live on the rice and beans going scorched earth for a little while yep. until we're back in the clear and have some stability. Yeah. And whenever there's a situation like this with a job loss and especially due to a disagreement, I think it's always fair, Christian, that yeah, your, your boss could have just been a complete jerk. <laughs> like, and that got, you know, unreasonable. There's people like that out there and maybe that was him and that's fine. But I think there's always good introspective work yeah. to go back through and say, okay, what 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 part did I play in this? What did that look like? And to learn in that, because this isn't Christian, but I remember talking to somebody, I think it, you, I may have been hosting with you and they had had like four jobs. 
in like nine months or like it was just it was a very extreme like okay there's kind of a you know the similar pattern that we're seeing a common denominator which was the caller you know and i'm like hmm that's interesting that four people couldn't get along with you four different bosses um so again that's not, a tail that's a tay-tay moment i'm of, not saying that's you it's me Christian. hi i'm the problem it's me yeah that's Could right be. i'm not just, saying that's you but uh, but those moments in life and in, in any kind of conflict i think it's always good just to do a little bit of that kind of okay let's let's flush that back out what can i learn from this too yeah but we know science shows that job loss has very similar effects to like a death. Like you're grieving something that was near and dear to your heart that protected you, that provided for you. And so mm-hmm. you have to grieve it too and move on with confidence that that was just a blip. It'll be a memory soon enough, my friend. Yep. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you enjoy this show, you might enjoy another show that Rachel and I co-host called Smart Money Happy Hour, fun episode that launched this week about the cost of love going up with relationships, with dating apps, and uh, it was hilarious. I learned a lot. <laughs> so if you want a good laugh and uh, listen to it with your with your loved one, or if you're single, we have many single it was a, people. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of content there. For Producer Skyler is single, and so she filled us in on the current status of the dating world and Rachel it was I was very glad to just be married and done and with that And the amount phase. of requests for Ramsey dating apps people want the Ramsey dating was, app and was, we will never do it <laughs> I don't want to be tied to that there's too many creeps out there I can't vouch for these people now if Rachel and I got to approve every single person that came onto the app what if we were the matchmakers I've matchmaked I've would done be that a premium once service. and they got married Have you ever matchmaked I, was... I don't think I've ever ventured that okay. far Okay but I'm just all saying. right, Rachel signing one for up. One. That's the premium version of the dating <laughs> app. You can get Rachel to be the matchmaker. This is actually not the worst idea. All right, on to bigger and better things. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services from repairs and maintenance to home improvement projects. Winter can bring some challenges for homeowners. So check out their helpful winter checklist. You can get it for free at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. And today's question comes from Grace in South Carolina. My father and grandfather passed away and I've inherited what my father would have received. My husband and I are always arguing because I don't want to touch the money unless we purchase a house or invest it to secure our family's future. We are not responsible when it comes to money. We have saved an emergency fund of $10,000 and in less than seven months, it was gone. My husband has always wanted to start a business and now that we have a cushion, he wants to quit his job. I asked him to build um, some of some clientele before quitting his job because I know that he will use the inheritance to pay our bills and living expenses, and I'm not okay with this. How do we move forward? Ooh. Ooh. Well, I think Grace has a lot of wisdom here. Yeah, She's first of all fair. self-aware to say we are not responsible with <laughs> money. And then she says, um, I know he'll use this money to basically just live our life and that starting this business is not smart. He's got to build some clientele. And I would agree with that, that you shouldn't just up and quit your job and then hope because you've got this fund over here that you yeah, can blow. That's right. But the, the problem is, Grace, is that there's obviously been a pattern here that's occurred with how you guys live with money, the fact that you saved 10000 which is great, but then you spent it all. So, so the pattern of money is what needs to be addressed. And so that can be, you know, pattern that you have, that your husband has. But either way, that's the core of the issue here is that um, the way you guys have handled money in the past will repeat itself unless you guys change course. And so 
that's what has to be addressed, in my opinion. Yeah, but how do we move forward? It's more relational than it is financial. We don't know the amount of the inheritance. We don't know if they have debt, their income, all of that. But I would uh, I would hit pause on touching this inheritance for a long time until we're on the same page. Yep, and that's the, the value system, that's what always gets couples. That's where the arguing comes. It's not usually about the money. It's the fact that how we see life and the way we want to do life is different. And that will cause conflict if you're not on the same page. So, um yeah, I mean, even that's getting with a with a marriage counselor or a therapist and you guys working out, hey, what do we want our life to look like? That's the bigger question here. And money's just the tool to create that. Well, there's an interesting piece of this. I want your take, Rachel. If you get the inheritance, but you're married to Winston, how does that, obviously it's our money, mm-hmm. but there's still a piece of it where you have to be a good steward of the inheritance of that legacy that was passed down to you. Yeah. And so it can't just yeah, be I think it's, yeah. Winston's like, well, I always wanted to start this business, so I'm going to use that money. It's still money that was given to you mm-hmm. to use for your family. Yes. I mean, I, I see it still as it's come into our family unit, but I think naturally you're going to feel, I think, a level of responsibility a little bit more emotionally. Than spouse. Yeah. I mean, I would say the same is true. Um, you know, Winston's grandfather was very generous and um, he left some things to the grandkids and when that happened, I, I leaned more on Winston of, hey, what do you think? Because it's his grandfather. Like, right, there's a natural take there. Yeah, like you both get a vote, but yeah, obviously. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I think there's, yeah, I don't know. I feel that way. Yeah. But, you both, have, but you both have equal say in it. I mean, it would be unfair to say, well, I'm going to go do whatever I want with this money because it was on my side of the family. That feels, that's not, that's not a team aspect, right? That's Agreed. not the perspective you want. But that's the most interesting part of this question uh, on top of the relational aspect mm-hmm. of just getting on the same page about what we're going to do with this, but I would not go blow it on some harebrained business idea. No, no, Oof. no, no, no. Whenever you want to transition into into a business like that, we always say the most ideal way to do that is to have some footing Start that small. you can actually support yourself there so that it's not this big stressful thing, right? Because starting a new business, that's a blessing. Like that, that's such a gift. Even at Ramsey, if we launch something new, we don't just go launch it. We test it. Right. We verify it. We right. get the team, the resources, and uh, we do it with cash. And so- that's very smart. All right, Amy is on the line in San Francisco. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I was hoping to get your advice. Basically, my question is, uh, is my family doing okay financially, or should we be working harder and sacrificing more now to create a stable future? I've been listening to the show for two months and I'm just kind of like all in and my husband and I kind of disagree about like the intensity we need to be going at right now. Okay. So how much debt do you guys have? We have 24,000 in my student loans and then our mortgage is 223,000. Okay. And how much do you guys make a year? 130. Okay. How old are you two? I'm 37. He's 40. Okay. And do you both want to pay off debt? Are you in agreement on the goal or is just the process the part you're not agreeing on? Yeah, we're on agreement on the goal. Um, it's sort of like, I think it really comes back to like our childhood. Like I was poor growing up. I think I kind of operate from sort of like um, scarcity mentality, it's never going to be enough kind of thing. And he doesn't have that. He's pretty content with where we are. He thinks we're doing fine. 
And, um, you know, I'm thinking of getting a second job to pay off the debt faster. You know, I get really excited about if I make double mortgage payments for six years, I can have my house paid off and this will be great. So he wants to chip away at the debt and you want to take a sludgehammer to it. Yeah. Do you guys have any savings? I'm really excited. Yeah, we have 27,000 in checking and we have retirement accounts and, uh, 5000 in the money market account. Okay. But if we knocked out the student loan today with the money in checking, you guys would be completely debt-free and you'd be on your way to saving up an emergency fund? Yes. What would you? What That's would he say mortgage. if you told him that? Hey, I want to use the money in checking. We'll then save up. We'll make 130K. We'll save up that emergency fund back up to 25K and then we'll begin investing and tacking the mortgage. He'd be good with that. I just made $30,000 of payment to my student loan uh, the last two months since I've been listening to the show. So we're we're attacking it uh, pretty hard. He kind of wants to do baby step two first or three first, I mean, and save up the fully funded emergency fund and kind of keep that there um, and then make the student loan payments, keeping that uh, full emergency fund in checking. So, I, you know, either way, he would be fine with what I think is best. Okay. Well, that's what I would do. I mean, obviously, because you guys could be debt-free by today, which is amazing. And you free up that payment. Yeah. Which and, is going to help you save up faster. But I, And I do think, Amy, it is so normal, and this is how we are in our marriage, that one of you naturally may kind of be more of a scarcity mentality. One of you is more abundance. My husband's more of the scarcity, kind of like, okay, let's save, let's be more conservative. I'm more like, ah, it's going to be fine. We'll be okay. <laughs> We're fine. Uh, and I have more more of that natural mindset. But I think, you know, you both can learn from each other. I just don't want you functioning out of a place of complete fear. And now where you came from makes a lot of sense. And actually, if you hold on the line, Christian, I'd love to give her my book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, because I talk about the childhood classrooms and how much that dictates how you see and handle money today is how you grew up. But there's a healthy way you can you can view that take those lessons that are good lessons to learn that I don't want to go back there, which is very valid, that how do you shape it in a sense that, okay, I don't have to feel like I'm broke all the time or that I'm running and I'm not getting anywhere because you want a level of safety that, you know, that money's a tool to create a life you love. And so that's what I want for you. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you want to check out some other shows that we produce, you can check out the George Camel YouTube channel and, of course, The Rachel Cruz Show on YouTube and podcasts. And it's all on the Ramsey Network app if you want to check that out as well. All right, let's go to Noel in El Paso, Texas. Noel, did I get that right? You did. Okay, wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Taking it one day at a time, as best as I can. Mm. How can we help today? What's going on? So essentially, uh, my question is, um, you know, I've I've been listening to your show uh, for a few days. I've been binging on it quite a bit now, Um, a couple of your other podcasts. And, and, uh, you know, I've been contemplating bankruptcy. Uh, It's been something that's in my mind over the course of the last couple of months, and I'm just trying to see if it's a better option to throw in the towel and do that or to continue attacking my debt aggressively um, based on what I've learned so far on the show. Mm. Sorry to hear that. Well, lay this out for us. How much do you make and how much debt do you have? 
Okay, so um, I make approximately, I got two sources of income. Uh, one is my job, which gives me roughly about 81000 a year. And then the other one's disability compensation, which is about 56000 So rough, about 122000 130000 a year. Okay. And then as far as debt is concerned, uh, I have about 80000 in debt. Three of them are personal loans. Well, two of them are personal loans. One's my vehicle, and the rest is on credit card debt. Okay. What are the amounts for all those? So the the most expensive one is $38,000. That one has about a $616 payment per month, um, and it's stretched out over uh, 15 years. Which which debt is that? That one was a home improvement loan that I took out um, back in 2022. I was in the middle of a remodel of my house. All right. And so I, I took that money for a remodel. Okay. And the second personal loan? The second personal loan was a debt consolidation loan. It's roughly about $29,000. And then the third one is the vehicle, uh, my truck, which is about $26,000. And then the credit card debt is roughly about another ten dollars or $13,000. Okay. How much is the car worth, the truck? The truck is worth about $57,000. It's worth $57,000? Yes. Good. And you owe 26. Correct. I like where this is going. Do you see where this is going? I do see where your recommendation is going to be. Explain to me why you need this truck when you're on the verge of bankruptcy. Because I'm in construction uh, and I I need the truck to be able to get through the construction. I just checked Google. They make $20,000 trucks. (laughs) They do. um, But I work in heavy civil civil engineering construction, so I, I need something that can tow the amount of weight that I need to be able to tow. And you're telling me there's no $25,000 truck that can tow that amount? Probably so. It's probably going to be about 15 years old. I'm okay with that. You're on the verge of bankruptcy. You just told us. You got here because you were unwilling to have delayed gratification, sacrifices weren't made, and... You made some poor financial decisions, and this is the one on the list that you can undo if you're willing to drive a 15-year-old truck for a season so that you can avoid bankruptcy. Okay. What's the truck payment? It's uh, 583 a month. So you would have an extra 600 bucks a month to go toward your debt, correct? Yes. I mean, do you realize that if, if you're going to file bankruptcy, they're going to liquidate and get as much as, you know— Yeah possible anyway so i mean this 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 could all be on your terms and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not going to look the way that you've been handling your money but something has to change so of course your life is going to look different if you start making different decisions with money and and it's not going to be easy um because i mean a little bit of the easy route is is the debt route you kind of can get what you want when you want it and you know that's how majority of people live but you're finding that it's causing stress. You're calling us for a reason because you're not happy with where you are financially. So something does have to change. So your mindset around money, regardless of work and construction and weight, I mean, all of that, like if you're in this desperation part, you know, if you get to this place in your life, you're willing to do anything, like anything. And I don't I don't know if you feel that or want to experience that. 
I've just been through a lot of suffering over the last year. Um, and it's not necessarily the whole truck thing. It's just, yeah. What's, uh, what's been going on? The, what, what caused me to, call, to, to make all these poor financial decisions is I suffered a traumatic event back in uh, November 2022 where my son passed away. Oh, um, sorry. And so that caused me to sell my house. Uh, and when I sold my house, it was in the middle of a remodel. Um, and I ended up being upside down about $18,000. So I had to pay $18,000 to sell a house. Um, and then I moved my daughter and I across the country to bring my, my son to his, his birthplace to bury him. Um, and I had to start all over again. Mm. So that's what caused me to take out, mm. you know, the that consolidation loan for twenty seven or $29,000. Um, and then I, ha- I had a paid off truck. My truck was paid off. I had a 2,500 Ram that was paid off. And I traded that in to get this vehicle because it was a four by four and it had more pulling power. Um, I hear you. Then I, ended I, up buying you. A, I, I had yeah. to buy another house, uh, but it wasn't a house. Yeah. I bought a mobile home. That was another $121,000 uh, there. So, you know, I, I, I spent a couple hours on, on the budget app yesterday that the every dollar uh, spent app. And for some reason, it's telling me that I have $2,600 worth of margin every month left over. Um, that's with your minimum debt payments, all of your expenses. That's what it should be. That's, yeah. I mean, I put everything in there, all the payments that I'm making still says I got $2,600 and don't get me wrong. I, I've paid off close to about $3,000, $3,500 worth of credit cards, four credit cards in the last 30 days. Mm. And, you know, just, just trying to, to do what the Ramsey method is telling me to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm putting $40 away every, every week in savings to try to get to that thousand dollar savings to, you know, in my underwear drawer to keep it, to, to yeah. keep it there for a rainy day. Um, well, you know, outside and, of the truck, I added it up. I mean, if you sell the truck, you'll have $80,000 in consumer debt based on what you told us. Yes. And so you had said 80 at the top, but you got 80 plus the $26,000 truck loan. That puts you at six figures in debt. And I'm no, trying to help you. It. What's that? That's including it. That's including it. The twenty six thousand. What was uh, the first loan you said? The home improvement loan. Thirty eight thousand. Yeah. Thirty eight thousand. Twenty nine thousand plus twenty nine. Plus ten. Twenty nine thousand plus and thirteen in credit cards. Twenty six. Yeah, and then according to credit card, is telling me I got thirteen uh, in credit cards, but. Yeah, and I'm rough, telling rough. you, with a calculator, it's coming up at eighty, and that's without your car loan. So. I just want you to have a real picture of what your finances are at, and that's why I'm so desperate to get you to get rid of this truck and downgrade to, number one, free you of $26,000 today before your truck goes underwater. Almost every call, people are underwater on their truck. So when you said this truck is worth 57 you owe 26 I was doing backflips because it gave me some hope that you can get out of this faster than you think. And if you do that and then do the debt snowball, every extra dollar outside of food, utilities, uh, shelter, transportation, insurance goes toward that 80000 you have remaining, smallest to largest balance. I think you can get out of this. You make great money. Yeah, You're a and, smart guy who works hard. And, and, and know that, I mean, from that information that you just gave us about this last year, which is just the most horrific thing that I could ever imagine is, is losing a child. So I can't even, I can't even imagine... What that grief does, there's a there a fog that is there, and when you make financial decisions, usually in that time, soon after something like that happens, they're always they're sometimes not the best. So that's not to guilt or to shame you. That's to kind of free you to say, hey, 
yes, you as you look back, you're like, wow, those may not have been the best decisions. I don't blame you for that because of what you walked through, but I do want to make sure that there's a level of healing that you're getting from this. Um, and that the money is that secondary piece. But I do, um, I pray that for you. Well, I'm so sorry. And yeah, if you stay on the line, Taylor's going to pick up and we'll give you John Deloney's book and Total Money Makeover. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. Got something new in the Ramsey store for you guys. Dave Ramsey just came out with a brand new quick read book called Real Estate the Ramsey Way. Subtitle, How to Make Home Ownership a Blessing, Not a Burden. And uh, this is a quick read book, so you can see on the camera. It's very small. It's about, (laughs) I don't know, 60, 70 pages. Yeah, there we go, 62 pages. And it's a great read that includes Dave's decades of experience with real estate. He got started at 18 years old. He's been in the game. He owns a lot of it, and he's helped a lot of people buy, sell, and invest the right way with proven strategies. And so he can help you avoid some costly mistakes and pitfalls. And uh, from start to finish, you're going to get a clear plan to help you buy, sell, and invest in ways that will help you build wealth and leave a legacy. And he's going to give you some hope that home ownership is still possible for those renters out there. And a home can become your biggest asset. It can be a blessing when done the right way. So get your copy at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Gift it to some people in your life who are maybe about to buy or sell or want to invest. And uh, enjoy. Enjoy the new book from Dave. Ryan joins us up next in Denver, Colorado. Ryan, how can we help today? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So my question today is um, with interest rates and home prices so high right now, uh, is it a bad idea for me to continue to rent? And am I making a long-term poor decision if I choose to continue to rent right now? Mm, Are you ready to buy financially? Let's say regardless of the interest rate, as you look at what the payment would be? Yes, I, I am ready to buy financially, but um, it would cause me to violate one of these rules that I have developed, which has allowed me to um, save and live comfortably, which is live off of one income between me and my wife. We live off of the lesser of the two incomes. Um, but unfortunately, because I live in Denver, Colorado, these it's house prices expensive. are just astronomical. It's ridiculous. So lay out your financial picture, and we'll let Rachel be the judge here. <laughs> what is your income, and do you have any debt? Uh, my income is around $300,000 a year. Woo! Is that um, household I have, income? I have, that's household income. Okay. Uh, and I have zero debt. Amazing. And how much do you have saved for the down payment alone? Um, so I'd be using a VA loan, which doesn't require a down payment, but um, if we needed a down payment, it, it wouldn't be a problem to do about 20%. So okay. give or take, yeah, I mean, I, around maybe twenty to $50,000. Do you have a disability rating? Uh, I do have a disability rating. So would that waive the funding fee with the VA loan? Uh, I haven't looked into it. Um, I didn't have uh, my disability rating whenever I bought my 
my previous home, which has been sold, but um, I'd have to look into it. Because the VA loan, it can be a good deal if you get the funding fee waived. If not, I would go with a conventional 15-year fixed rate loan. Okay. Allowing people to get into a house with 0% equity is a really bad plan. Yeah, yeah. And the 15-year loan, I mean, it would push our home payment up just so high. And right now our rent is is around $2,100 a month. And then we're saving all of my income every month and putting it towards retirement and investments. So I. So what, I just don't what is know your take home pay every month between the two incomes? Um, I think it's right around. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never really sat down and calculated it just because we live off the one income. The other one's just savings. But I think it's right around uh, like 20 something thousand dollars. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, I think one of the goals for you guys, though, would be to buy a home because you can't, you're renting forever. There ends up being, you know, that that point where you end up, yeah, throwing your money away. And, and renting is something that we encourage people to do, especially if they're not financially ready to purchase a home. Um, if they haven't purchased a home, but they have a lot of debt. I mean, there's reasons to rent 100% of the time. But once you get to a place financially, um, you know, there there is a point that it's wise to then step into a home and to be able to say, yeah, we're building equity. This is a big part of our financial picture. And if you guys wanted to wait some and have more saved, that it makes you feel more comfortable, that's totally fine. I mean, we have people on the show that save for five, seven years and buy a home in cash, you know, and that's great too. I mean, as long as you have a plan that you're working towards, and I just wouldn't want completely the interest rate, which obviously does affect the payment. Um, I, I just don't want the housing market to be the thing that completely is the only, it's the only compass you have in buying a home because I want you guys and your finances to be the reason why you're purchasing a home. So a lot of people try to kind of play the real estate game and they're waiting and, um, you know, and the fear is too that when interest rates drop or if they do, we're hoping they do, that everyone who's been waiting to buy a house pent up demand yeah i mean it's they're gonna they're all gonna jump in and then prices are gonna continue to rise so i mean honestly the best time to buy a house in my opinion right now if you're ready is now um but i understand financially if you guys are like hey we want less of a yeah less of a down we want more of a down payment less of a monthly payment and we're gonna we're gonna spend another 24 months to get there that's okay that's your goal that you guys are working towards but I just don't want the idea of the housing market driving that decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And, you know, to be honest, I'm just scared that uh, if we have to go to uh, using two incomes to afford the house, God forbid something ever happens with my job or something like that, it would almost be unaffordable. Yeah, I mean, and that's, yeah, and that's a that's a fair place to be for sure. And that's why we want you to have an emergency fund as well as you enter home ownership, because if something were to happen, you'll at least have money in the bank to be able to help cash flow that mortgage payment um, for a few months. And so that that is one thing that will help. And and the, yeah, and, the, and I think the reality of being out of work, unless it's completely your decision, in my opinion, um, for, for six months or for five months or something like that, it's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to find another job and have some source of income coming in, you know? Um, But yeah. So, I mean, again, it's a little bit of that risk, but if you guys want to be patient and wait, or maybe Ryan, you guys look and say, we're going to get something way smaller than what we were expecting. Or maybe, 
it's a condo. It's you know what I mean. That, that there's something else that you purchase that may not be exactly what you're thinking right now. Um, and again, I don't want to rush you guys into anything because I don't think that there's a panic. But I do want you guys at some point to get into the game because I think it's just a great picture. I think it's a great part of your financial picture long term. What price point are you guys sure. looking at? You know, I'm I'm honestly willing. We're willing to buy a home or a condo or an apartment that uh, we don't see ourselves living in long term. Maybe the next foreseeable future. Yeah. But um, there's really nothing on the market around here that's not five or six hundred thousand dollars. That your five or six hundred thousand your your monthly payment would be. I mean, near four thousand dollars a month, which is just. But you guys are making. You know, let's say you're after. After tax, but before other deductions like investing, you guys are probably making twenty two grand, right? Yeah, something like that. We recommend twenty five percent of your take home pay on that fifteen year fixed. I've got the numbers right here. You buy a six hundred thousand dollar house, twenty percent down, fifteen year fixed with current interest rates, it's forty six hundred bucks. You guys can afford that. Yeah. That's under twenty five percent of your take home pay. So I wouldn't make this decision based on one income because the reality is you guys make twenty two thousand dollars take home pay. And that's okay. Yeah. I know it sounds scary, but you guys make an amazing income compared to the average American. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, it does. It just so while scary it's doubling your rent and that's scary, it's also still a small portion of your world. And I don't think you're going to be out of work that long. I mean, what, what do you do for a living? I'm an attorney. Okay. There's always going to be attorney work <laughs> out there. We live in a very litigious society. You know that. You make good money doing it. And so you don't have a super volatile job where you're going to be out on the street for a year or two where the industry shuts down. So I think we need to put push away that fear and get into the real estate game yeah. when we're able. And I'll, I'm going to send you a copy of Dave's new book, Real Estate the Ramsey Way. Hopefully it'll give you some confidence as you yeah. begin this journey. Facts are your friends, Ryan. And what George just laid out are the facts. Your fear is understandable, but it's not reality. So it's not happening, right? The job loss and all of that. So focus on the facts. There That's we go. great. You guys are in an awesome position. Well done. You're doing it the right way, my man. All right. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, everyone in the booth keeping the show afloat, and you, America. Thank you for listening. We'll be back before you know it. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by Ramsey personality and best-selling author Rachel Cruz, and we are here for you this hour, 888-825-5225. Call us up. We'll talk about your life and your money. We'll encourage you. We'll talk you off a ledge. Whatever you need, we're here for it. Opal kicks us off in D.C. Opal, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help today? Um, so I am recently out of the military, and I currently go to school full-time while working. My goal is to apply for medical school next year, but I want to graduate with no student loan debt. Um, so my question would be, Is would Airbnb arbitrage be a good idea for an additional income? Oof. Anytime the word arbitrage is spoken out loud, a puppy stops wagging its tail. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? It's very risky. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume you know that because you're calling us saying, is this a good idea? I do. Um, Where do I, you get the idea so, that this is going to be the ticket? Um, 
Well, I work part-time right now while going to school, and I'm a reservist still. And I guess I, I'm just looking for a way to up my income, but I don't really have the time um, because of everything that I'm doing. Okay. And to make sure we're on the same page about the definition of arbitrage here, you're talking about, hey, I rent from a landlord, and then I'm going to list this place that I'm renting on Airbnb, and then I will make a spread. So if I'm paying 1200 bucks a month in rent, I'm going to make 1600 bucks through Airbnb net of fees, and I'll make that $400 spread. Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, number one, it's hard to find any landlord who will agree to this. And number two, doing it behind their back is what's known as illegal. And so that mm -hmm. therein lies the biggest problem is just finding a situation. Yeah. Subleasing is even hard at times to yes. even find a sublease, but let alone short-term rentals. I mean, that's a, yeah, it would be difficult to find. And there's so much risk with that. There's so much risk of the turnover of having somebody there for a night or two or a week at a time. And then you would be the one, talk about a part-time job, Unless you pay a management company, if you found a way to do this, then they're going to take majority of the of the spread anyways. So um, what's hard about this is it's one of those ideas that gets spread, especially on social media, where it feels... Because it sounds so cause good. It, cause, and it sounds easy. You don't even right? need to and, own property and you can have passive income. Yeah. And to your point, Opal, you're like, I don't have a lot of time. But listen, if if it really worked, everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be doing it. But they're not. And for good reason either because they legally can't, they can't find a landlord that will do it, and or you actually weigh out the reality of real life when you do this, and it's not worth the risk. Because then if you end up getting on the hook for this rent, you know, if you don't have anyone for two months, I mean, I mean, there, there's just so many cases, so many things happening. And then so, where do you live? So it's one of the hard... Are you yeah, going to live with true. these strangers? No, I um, I live in a camper. I bought, I bought a camper, and that's that's what I'm living out of full time currently. Um, so I don't rent or have a mortgage or anything. So was your plan to say, I'm going to get in touch with a landlord. I'll never even live there. I'm just going to say, hey, I see you have this place for rent. Would you be willing to let me rent it out on Airbnb on your behalf while paying you rent? Yes. I mean, you can try that. I I have high sus suspicions that almost no one will go for that, and there's also a lot and, of or you would be laws stuck and regulations with the, the rents. Opal, you you would be stuck you're still with paying the, rent. You would have to pay that if nobody was was going to be living in it. Mm -hmm. And then so the you liability still have that expense. If, who takes on the liability? I would. Um, I just figured that I'm. I live. I just moved here, um, so I I live in a in a city now that. I thought it, it might be possible, but I'm hesitant, obviously, which is why I'm asking. But legally, you can't take liability for the entire house because you don't own the house. And so they've got their mm -hmm. own homeowner's insurance. You're paying renter's insurance, which only covers your stuff inside. And so there's so many problems with this legally that I don't think it's a wise move. Um, even if you could do it, I think there's just still way too much risk, and yeah. there's better ways to make 400 bucks a month. Okay, and then... So piggybacking off of that, um, so my goal is to go and graduate medical school debt-free. Um, I guess, like, what do you recommend my steps that I take towards that are? Where are you at financially now? Do you have any debt? Do you have any money saved? Um, yeah, so I'll be done with Baby Steps 2 and 3 this month. Oh, great. Awesome. Congratulations. That's huge. And how much schooling Thanks. do you have so far? 
Um, I have about a year and a half left of my undergrad, and then I'll apply for medical school next year. Okay. And are do you have any family helping out with covering college, or is it all on you? No, it's uh, the military is paying for everything. Oh, wonderful. Even for medical school? How does that no, work? It only it, covers through undergrad? Yeah, so it, the military will pay for 36 or for four years of your undergrad, but it doesn't it doesn't account for medical school because medical school is obviously more expensive. Sure. So so the military will pay for um almost half of medical school. Oh wow. But the other but the other half is is the half that I'm concerned about. Okay. And because I, I don't have you priced out different schools? Let's say the most affordable medical school if you got into that school, what would it cost? Um probably around $200,000. Just and for the other 2 years or other half that is needed? Yes. Your half is 200 or total? Yes. Uh, my half would be 200. And how many years? Uh, medical school is four years, but I would get two years paid for, and then I would be responsible for the... You're saying the most affordable years. medical school is 400 grand? Um, no, I might have to go back and run some numbers, but the ones that I, I was doing research on um, was about 80, 80 grand a year. Okay. So maybe closer to 160 is what you might owe. Yes. So I would start looking at that and see, mm-hmm. hey, can I maybe, I'll take a year or two and work and save up every penny I can and get some yep. roommates. Yep. And can you work in between? What would you be doing in your field after undergrad? Um, so for my undergrad, my degree is in pre-medicine. I currently work part-time as a physical therapy tech, and then I'm, I'm in the reserves as well. Um, and I door dash on the side, just as a side hustle. Great. Um, so what are you it, making through all of that? Um, about 52000 a year. It's awesome. And what kind of doctor do you want to be? Uh, emergency medicine. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, you're in a great position considering half of it's going to be paid for by the military. So I would do anything that I can to save up and, like you said, cash for this, even if it's pausing it for a year if I have to but always remember that Opal when you when we go into a doctor's office we're not looking to see where they went to school and so we get stuck on the pedigree so easily and especially with higher degrees like this law school medical school go to the cheapest one you can find that would be my suggestion thanks so much for the call this is the Ramsey show Here's the thing about investing advice. You can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option. Check in with a smart investor pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a smart investor pro in your area, go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Ramsey Solutions is a paid non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Well, Rachel, this was big news that I think people should know about because it's probably not making headlines on TV, but this is from a Yahoo article. Mother of all data breaches, 26 billion records were leaked, and this includes users of LinkedIn, X, Venmo, and more, and this could cause a huge spike in targeted cybercrime. 
Yeah. So, not the most fun news, but good for people to know to stay protected out there. So uh, this article says, if you use a computer, your data likely got leaked in what researchers have called the mother of all data breaches. 20 brands have had over 100 billion leaked records, with the largest being 10 cents, 1.5 billion. More familiar Western to Western consumers, LinkedIn, X, Venmo, Canva, mm. Apollo, Adobe also were hit. And they're saying that the majority of the population have been affected. My gosh. That's frightening. Yeah, so experts are saying to be on high alert for increased targeted cybercrime. And it should be noted that usernames and passwords were included in the leak. And this is very dangerous because some people use the same password for everything. I don't know who that would be. Right there. She's next to me. Yeah, this, but think about it. Yeah, if you, they you know, have my pa- if you knew my password, you could get into all of Rachel's yeah. life. Rachel told me her password the other day, just willy-nilly for fun. I did, she, actually. I don't know why, but she just straight up told me. It's not a smart money happy hour episode. It was great. I know, so, you're not supposed to. Do you have a bunch of different passwords? Are you safe like that? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, there's there's definitely some crossover. All I'm the not guys a psychopath. in the booth, I'm sure now, they James, all, our producer of this show, is different. the biggest privacy nerd, so I know he's got like some crazy formulas. Like, we'll never guess James. I plead the fifth. It's not James one, two, three. I can guarantee you that. But this is important to note. <laughs> one, because, two, three, period. Throw a... Dang it. We got him, Rachel. <laughs> so if they get, let's say, your Netflix account information, mm-hmm. well, these hackers are smart enough to go, oh, that's probably the same for banking information and email accounts. So that's... So they're, my they're question is for these hackers, those. if you were a hacker, George, and they have billions, billions here. You're like, this is like winning the lottery. What's the chances I get targeted? That's kind of what I'm asking. Well, Rachel, or you're assuming it, they're sitting there physically typing each one. They have computers. Okay, fine, whatever. That are Technology trying. That does that? You know, millions of these a day, probably. Okay, so, so. what do we do? We're checking Venmo. We're because I mean that's the biggest one for me. I don't have LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, he, here's the thing. You need to uh, be. Usually, they're sending emails, letting people know that they were Canva. part of a what breach. What is that? Canva is a design app. Oh yeah, don't have that. Yeah, Rachel's like I'm not touching that. So Ar- uh, artisticness is not. My they can compromise multiple services in just moments, and so that's Man. the scary part. But here's so the what good do we news. do: go into Venmo, and you want to just what? Well, you're just you're just checking and just making sure there's no one, activity going always on. Check. I, I'm always village, you know, vigilant. Check your bank account once a day just to make sure that all the transactions there are things that you actually did. Look what just came up on my Venmo? George Campbell wants to be friends. I requested Rachel on Venmo. It was a big moment. Big Show moment. your screen on the screen. It just says George Campbell wants to be friends. Can never be too Request careful. Request accepted. Thank you, Rachel. You're that welcome. meant a lot. You're welcome. So here's That's what it. you I'm can do. Um, obviously, you can turn on two-factor authentication. That's one of the best ways to stay protected. That's where it's like, hey, oh, I need yeah, to send yeah, Rachel yeah. a text to yes. verify. Yes, yes, yes. The other thing you can do is but, make sure that you're using secure Wi-Fi. You're not logging into public sites on public Wi-Fi. You know, if you're at a Starbucks and you're logging into your bank account through that public Wi-Fi, that puts you at risk there. But the best thing you can do, and this is something that every Ramsey team member has because we believe in it that much, it's ID theft protection. Yep. This isn't quite insurance, but it's uh, we, we get ours through Xander. Every team member has it covered if you work here. And I've had to deal with this before, Rachel, with identity theft. And Xander, yes. they worked with me to restore all of my financial life back in order, fight the fraud so that nice happened. So nice having someone else do it. It takes hours and hours and hours to figure this out. So ID theft protection. And it's needed in 2024. Oh, like, absolutely. Like it, it should be a must for, and this for is everyone. A, it's low And it's cost. not very expensive, yeah. No, this um, is oh, so nice. Xander takes care of all of my insurance needs, but ID theft is a great one. It's like six or seven bucks a month. And for a family, it's like 12 bucks a month to get your whole family covered. 
and includes uh, restorative source, um, services, recovery services, up to a million dollars in stolen funds. So this is not a big pitch for Xander, but there is something you can do about it, and that is get ID theft protection. And uh, they do and a these- great job with that. I got an email today, and it was like ID theft alert, and it shows you what email was compromised and what the source was. Were and- you one of these? You got- 100%. I mean, this is saying the entire population was essentially affected. <laughs> no, I know, but that email, was it because of this breach? I don't know. That's a okay. good question. So but I, was wondering. I, I imagine I'm going to be getting more of these alerts. So anytime that happens, I feel like that's the world we live in now. Check those accounts, change the password on those, and keep it secure. Yep. Whew. Spooky stuff, Rachel. Yeah, it's well, it's the world we live in, as I'm like, so much is done online, right? I'm like, that's where. That's where well, this is a good shout out for another service. They're not affiliated with us, but it's called privacy.com and they create virtual debit card numbers that you can use you when use shopping that online. Because yep. people always say, well, Rachel, I need my credit card because I need to stay safe online. I'm like, mm, no, there's easy services to use. It creates a virtual debit card number tied or to Or you mine. can just use a debit card. Yes, but people are worried about using the debit yep. card because if something happens, right. it's their right. money taken out of their account. So the virtual debit card option is really cool through privacy.com. All right. On to something better. Nicole is in Newark, New Jersey. Nicole, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing good. How can we help? Hi, yes. Um, I'm calling because I'm um, working to try and get out of debt. And one of the question I have is about uh, my car lease that I have. So um, I have a lease and it's 18 months left on it. It's $610 a month. Um, That's a nice car you're driving. Um, it's not that fancy. It's a uh, Hyundai Tucson. <laughs> wow. That's a big old lease payment. Usually that's a car payment yeah. for most people. Okay. So 18 months left, six ten a month. What's, what do you know the buyout amount? Um, right now would be about 30,000. Okay. And how much money do you have right now? In savings, I have 12,000, you know, that's for my emergency fund. Okay. And do you have any other debt? Yes, I do. Um, I have a mortgage um, that's three hundred thousand, and I have another loan which is twenty nine thousand. Like a personal loan? Um, it's I got my gutters and windows done. So. Ooh. Okay, and you're wanting to get out of the lease? Is that what you're asking? What's the best way to get out? Well, I want to save money and reduce the payment, so I figured maybe getting out the lease might be the best option or um, I've been advertising to try and do a lease takeover. Um, not sure if I'll find anyone, but um, yeah, I want advice on maybe what other options would be. Too. Well, there's only three ways. The first is early lease termination, which is going to come with a whole bunch of mm-hmm. fees. The second one is the one you mentioned, a lease transfer, which involves finding someone else to take over your lease, which is like trying to find someone to buy your timeshare. Very few people yeah. want to take this burden off of you and onto them. And the third option is the one that we recommend most often, which is the lease buyout, where you pay the difference between mm-hmm. the lease payoff amount and the current value of the car. And so that, to me, is going to be your best bet. Do you know what the car is worth? Uh, 24000 they said. Okay. So you're it's a little bit underwater, essentially. Yes. So if you came up with six, you could have the difference to cover it if you were able to sell it uh-huh. essentially cuz i'd recommend yeah, that have to sell it and but so you got 12,000 in savings yeah so you could do that option mm-hmm. but you'd have to sell it okay. and then you'd have to turn around and buy another car though yeah i could live a few months 
um, without a car as I have a job close to me that I could just take the train. Oh, good. Um, that's what I was That's the New Jersey do, life right there. Payment. Public transportation. Yeah. <laughs> that's a blessing. Yes, yes. So would you recommend me um, doing the buyout completely first or trying to find a buyer and then you know, working them both together, how would you recommend doing that? Yeah, I mean, if you can do it all kind of simultaneously, that'll be the cleanest option. Um, but okay. it's you're, you don't have the title, and so you're going to have a hard time selling the car without the title. So you're going to need to tell them, hey, I'm in a lease right now. I'm trying to sell it. I would contact the dealer and let them know what's going on and see what the mm-hmm. best option is to have that functionality work. Okay. But the lease right. buyout is your best bet, and uh, it's there's going to be some stupid tax, Nicole. It's going to hurt, but I'm proud yeah. of you for wanting to turn this around and being willing to make the sacrifices needed. Yeah, thank you. You got this. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, good folks. Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. And in The Ramsey Solutions Lobby, on the debt-free stage, we've got some new friends, Nicholas and Devaney. Welcome, guys. Hi. De- Hi. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Where are you guys from? So we're from uh, Calera, Alabama, which is about 30 miles south of Birmingham. Wonderful. And all the way here to your debt-free scream. How much did you guys pay off? We paid off $232,200. Wow. And how long did that take? Four years. Nice. Wonderful. And what was the range of income during that time? Uh, we started at 82000 and then up to uh, 163000 Whoa. That's incredible. What was the big jump? <laughs> well, um, our, our buddy Ken Coleman would be proud. I took full advantage of the great resignation during COVID. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice. So um, we didn't have that big of a shovel or not as big as we would like. And so I just went job searching and... In less than a week, uh, I found a job, and it doubled my salary. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So are you a one-income family? Um, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> when we paid off the house, and she can go deeper into it in a minute, but when we paid off the house, uh, she wasn't the happiest at her job, and, and I said, you know what? I'm paying off. We're paying off the house today. You can put in your two weeks. That's oh, incredible. my gosh. Okay, so the 238 was the house. Mm-hmm. Well, Ooh. it was credit cards, car loans, student loans and then the house everything and the house congratulations you guys that's incredible that's incredible so four years ago you guys had some credit cards you had the mortgage you were living Mm -hmm. normal what happened to get you on this ramsey journey well if you uh if you look back at it that's right when covid first hit and um you know we had friends family you know we just kind of saw people you know struggling and then you know, you turn on the TV, you see people losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods. And uh, we thought we were safe, but we just kind of said, what if, you know, and yeah. then we dug deeper into our finances and we were like, wow, we're in a mess. Um, and so we started chipping away at the credit cards. Um, we did side hustles. Uh, she was making, she started making like hair bows for little girls selling those. 
Um, I did DoorDash for a while, um, and we started selling stuff just around the house. And, and Rachel, you'll relate to this. Any old kids' toys that we could find that were in one piece? Yeah. <laughs> we, we put on Facebook Marketplace. Good and, for y'all. Um, so we just we just made it happen and did whatever we could uh, to get out. Dang. So, wow. So there's sort it, of a pandemic panic. And you guys went, we're we could be just like those guys three seconds from now let's get our yeah. affairs in order here yeah and i prior to COVID, i was working from home anyway so like i was safe but i always think the worst thing is going to happen so i'm like what if i lose my job what if we both lose our jobs sure sure and so we're like we need to we need to get out isn't um, it amazing how you can carry that risk of debt for so long and until something really shakes it like a pandemic or something do you realize oh my gosh it is risk like yeah. these car loans like all this debt that we're carrying it is a level of risk that so many people are used to but the moment you start saying wow this really is a part of our lives that we want out it's it's incredible absolutely and she's you know i'm the saver so it wasn't hard for me to get on board and she's the spender and so you know she's the one where it's like every day an amazon box is <laughs> totally. the, the amazon van yeah. lives at our house yeah. so. <laughs> so, okay, yes. so Devony, how was this for you this four years was it was it hard? Was it once you got on board and you guys were working together, you're seeing the progress, it was good, but like, how did it, how did it feel overall? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a little different at first, um, especially because right around that time, our daughter was born and I had my first daughter. And of course, I wanted her to have all the cute girl things and all <laughs> stuff like that. So um, it was definitely hard at first. And um, then I stopped. I was like, OK, like she doesn't need this. And then I started, like Nick said, I started making bows and stuff for girl's hairs and she did not like them at all she wouldn't keep one on her head so I was like okay this <laughs> there's no point to buy this stuff so um I definitely got there it took a little bit but sure. once I started then I was like oh like this is great oh my gosh <laughs> did you guys know about Ramsey and the baby steps at this point how'd you find out about this so um I just uh, when the pandemic first hit you know I pretty much just googled you know getting out of debt and and how to you know how to clean up this stuff and um and then i bought the total money makeover uh read it in one weekend i think and then we just kind of just snowballed from there literally that's amazing yeah. that's incredible <laughs> yeah so wow. great okay so what would you say to a young family that's listening and they have the car loans and the credit cards mm -hmm. and they're just normal living life but they're feeling like oh my gosh we want to change what would you say the key of getting out of debt is yeah, I, I mean, I think for us, I mean, you look at us, we're in our 30s and we did this. You know, we, we hear people all the time, younger people, it's harder to live these days. You can't buy a house, you can't do this, but they're also hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And it's like, well, control what you can control. And so, I mean, I mean, Rachel, you know, you were born the year your parents filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. George, you went from negative net worth to a millionaire in 10 years. You look at us, we both grew up in less than ideal situations. Her parents got divorced when she was young. My parents got divorced when I was young. My dad passed away when I was eight years old and he didn't have any life insurance. Mm. And so I was raised by a single mother, wow. no help, just trying to figure it out. So if we can do it, anybody mm. can do it. Mm. So good. That's inspiring. And it's just the belief you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it is to believe that you can. That's incredible, and you in guys. your early 30s, on your way, and baby step seven, what's the house worth? So, uh, well, we bought 
um, in January 2018, right before the housing market just went bonkers. Good time to buy. And yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, we we paid less than two hundred thousand for our house, about one ninety. And there's homes in our neighborhood selling for over 300 now. Wonderful. That's incredible. And so you got that paid off and you've been investing in retirement? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now we're, we're, um, uh, we're doing 15%. We're still trying to save up for the kids' college and and all that. And we're also cash flowing um, an international adoption right now, too. So this oh, is wow. not our complete family. That's great, we are, Yeah, we were hoping the adoption would be finalized when we came here but um it just kind of you know worked out this way but uh um but yeah so we're doing that saving up for the kids college investing and you know we were at a negative net worth a significant negative net worth four years ago and now mm. we're on the path to be multi-millionaires that's oh my unbelievable that's unbelievable. So fun. and when you have the margin to do things like you guys get to just cash flow this adoption with joy yeah. in your face instead of stress because you've also got payments. So I love yeah. what, yes. when you turn money from an obstacle into a tool, it's amazing how your life changes. And I'm so proud of you guys for being a living, breathing picture of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I told her, you know, it's, she stuck with me these past four years, you know, and I know it wasn't the easiest thing. So when we paid off the house, I said, you know, you just pick anywhere on the map and we'll go there for a trip. Oh, yes. so where are you going to go? We don't even know yet. <laughs> we, we don't I'll bring a know. map out. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel's going to throw a dart. Yeah, we, we've talked about, you know, Europe and, yeah. you know, going or going on a cruise or whatever. Good we we don't know. We're gonna, yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll probably go on a couple trips, one with the kids and one with just us two. So. Love, Love it. it. I know. And you have the kids with you. Yeah, we bring do. them up. Yeah, what bring them names on and up? ages. Uh, so Brantley is our oldest. He's seven. And then Cambry is a four. Oh, so precious. precious. Look how cute. Well, I hope they've been practicing <laughs> for the dead free screen. And y'all are color-coded. <laughs> yeah. With the lavender <laughs> outfits. They look fantastic for those of you that can't see them. Get a family photo after this is done. That is wonderful. Here we oh. go, guys. All right. We've got Nicholas and Devaney and Brantley and Cambry. $232,000 paid off in four years. House and everything making 82 up to 163 Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. All right, Cambry, you ready? You ready to lead us off? All right, go ahead. In the mic. Three, three, two, one. We're debt-free! <laughs> that might win the award for cutest oh, debt-free scream I've ever seen. Gosh, I just teared up. I was like, I was like oh, my god! What gosh. a performance. And we've got a special gift for you guys. Two Every Dollar Premium gift cards for a one-year subscription. You can use one. You can renew with that. You can give it away to a friend to get them started on the journey. And That's George, incredible. and just hearing their stories of even the change that they've made from their childhood to now, yeah. what these kids are going to experience. It's absolutely incredible. In Beyond years. the finances. Early I mean, 30s. Just, no mortgage. It's incredible. In four years. Well done, you guys. Well done. It's possible for you, America. Are you willing to make those kinds of sacrifices for four years? I can do just about anything for that amount of time, and I know you can too. It is worth it. Look at that couple. Look at that journey. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Ephesians 4:32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Speaking of forgiveness, Rachel, forgive me for these two quotes. Taylor Swift said, <gasps> you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. You win. Only to be outdone by Travis Kelsey, who said, "Wow! <laughs> if you don't care about the guy next to you, one, you're a terrible teammate, two, you're never going to win. Uh, you play stupid games. 
stupid games. I think it's you win stupid prizes. Well, I think we need to. Someone on the team is getting in trouble now. Rachel knows her T Swift lyrics. She I also didn't invent that straight phrase. Straight from a pretty big fan, so you'll have to battle with her. But Who wins? We'll, we'll fact check it. You play right. stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Rachel's going to Google it's, it. It's after. one of my favorite lines. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Do stupid stuff. That's what you're going to win. Stupid there we things. go. You know? And again, she didn't invent that. Kind of like you reap that. what you sow. She's basically quoting scripture. <laughs> That's Rachel's mental gymnastics right there. That's what it looks like, y'all. This is what I have to deal with as a professional co-host of The Ramsey Show. This kind of ridiculous justification. It's true. It's what we do. And Travis Kelsey, y'all are funny. That was funny. Well done, y'all. Well done, well done, team. Well done. We're having a good time. All right. Ruby is in Chicago. Ruby, welcome to The Ramsey Show. How can we help today? Oh, thanks for having me on here. It's um, a pleasure. What I need help with is uh, whether should I uh, pay my house off or my car off or pay both off. I love the idea I'm of getting rid of all your debt, old. Ruby. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, Ruby, um, how much how much money do you have? I have a hundred and six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. 106000 And where is that money? Is that in retirement accounts? Is that invested? Is that just in a checking account? It's just in a savings account. Just a traditional savings account. Okay. And is this the money, I guess, you live off of? Uh, no, the money I live off of, I, I get um, $6,335 a month. And what's that from? That's from uh, VA. That's um, my husband was a veteran when he passed away. Okay. okay. So that's that. guaranteed income for the rest of your life. Yes. Wonderful. That's wonderful. And how old are you? I'm seventy three. Okay. And what's left on the mortgage? Uh, seventy six thousand four hundred and sixty three dollars. And the car loan? Twenty two dollars and thirty three uh, cents. You said twenty two dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. Twenty-two thousand thirty-three. Okay, I was like, well, we can pay off twenty dollars right quick. <laughs> okay, so total, you're looking at about ninety-eight thousand dollars. You have a hundred and six in savings. Is that does that include mm-hmm. your emergency fund in that hundred six? No, it doesn't. Oh, you have other money. Well, I don't have other money, but what I would probably do is save that six months of uh, money I would need if I need it. I would take twenty five thousand and just put it aside for you know whatever and savings. Yeah, up. for your living expenses, Ruby, how much extra do you have a month? You have six thousand coming in. Do you have any margin? I have a uh, two thousand coming in after I pay everything off. Okay. Two thousand extra that you can do what you want with. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's great. This is wonderful. So okay. you live on four thousand. Um. So a six-month emergency fund really is eighteen thousand um, okay. of what you'll need for a good for a good emergency fund. And what I'm seeing the numbers, if you yeah, if you paid off everything, it would leave you eight thousand in the bank. So that means you know you would have ten thousand. You would still have to put to your emergency funds. Um, but I don't think I would do that quite yet. So yeah. so what I would probably do, Ruby, if I were you, I would go ahead and pay off the car. If mm-hmm. I were you, and then I would save over five months to get to eighteen thousand, and then once you have eighteen thousand saved, use the remaining of your savings to pay off mm-hmm. the house. Yeah, 
Okay. That's what I was thinking, but I wanted some confirmation. Yeah, and you're in a that. great position, Ruby. That's that's wonderful. That's exciting. And you're gonna free up that mortgage payment, which is gonna help you save up. Yeah, even how much more. is how much is that a month? It's only six six hundred and ninety three dollars okay. a month. So what about your car payment? And that's, and that's because um I don't pay taxes. Okay. What about your car payment the, right now? My car payment is four hundred and ninety seven dollars. Ruby, this is exciting. Do you know what just is about to happen? You're freeing up seven hundred bucks and five hundred bucks. You're gonna have an extra twelve hundred dollars on top of the two thousand. So you have thirty two hundred bucks okay. that you can use to then invest and save and spend and enjoy your retirement. Right, right. That's what I needed to know. But what I'm planning on, I think maybe within the maybe the next couple of years, to uh, buy a house, but a cheaper house. Because I don't need what I have now. It's a little too big. So you would downsize then, with cash? Yes. Yeah, you could definitely make that move for sure. I wouldn't go further into debt by any means, but I know you're, you're going to downsize. Oh, so that no. means, yeah, you'll have some equity then to put away as well when you decide to do that, which well, is great. What would your house sell for? About 400000 Awesome. And you would downsize to something smaller that's, let's say, 300000 or three fifty. Probably more like 300000 Great. I love this plan. This is wonderful. So, yes, what you're going to do is I'd pay off that car loan today. That's going to leave yep. you with 84000 And then once you have enough to have your full emergency fund plus the rest of the mortgage, go ahead and just knock that mortgage out completely. Good. Pay extra on Sounds the principal. great. Congrats, what a wonderful Ruby. situation. I'm proud of you, Ruby. You've done really well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling into the show. Good day. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Ruby. What a wonderful call. I love Ruby. That's so and you know great. it's a cool reminder, Rachel. Ruby's seventy three, and a lot of people at that age just go, "Well, I've got the mortgage, I've got the car payment, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything about it." Right. And so it's a great reminder that it's not too late. That's right. Now her situation was great because she had six figures sitting in savings. Yes. And yes. has a great guaranteed income, mm -hmm. but it's not too late. Even if you're in your 60s, your 70s, we right. hear debt-free screams that are all over the place. Every age, spectrum, walk of life. And so freedom's possible. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and to do something with that money that's going to free up so much. And for her, financially speaking, yeah, it's an extra $1,200 a month, which is huge. Amazing. I'm like, so good. So, so good. And for great. a lot of people out there, if they paid off their mortgage and the rest of their debt, they'd have even more than that coming for in every sure. month. So, for sure. That's my plan, and that's my hope for everyone, is to go into retirement with zero debt, including no mortgage payment, because it allows you to live off less. You don't need as much money. Yep. And so that Social Security is just icing on the cake. Yeah. What you have in your investments and what that's making for you every month to pull from is plenty. So it's a good reminder for people out there. But I, I, I like Ruby's personality. I want to hang out with Ruby and just <laughs> gain some wisdom, you know? She's lived a, she's lived a good life, you can tell. Mm. You can tell. Wow. Well, this has been a fun show, Rachel. I don't know if you enjoyed it as much as I did, but I... it started off dark. We had a lot of heavy oh calls gosh. this show. Well, you know what I mean? And, it, and I think it proves, this is why I love doing this and hosting this show, is you get people from every walk of life, every situation. Some situations are just absolutely heartbreaking. Some are hopeful with the debt-free scream, right? You kind of get the whole gamut of what's going on, but the, the thread that we see continually through our callers, through the people that 
DM us on social or comment or listeners, or if, we, if we're at a live event, we meet you uh, or here on the debt-free stage or watching the show. Like whenever we interact with people doing this plan, regardless of where they came from, what they make, the amount of debt they have, the number one qualities they believe they can do this. And mm-hmm. they believe that they can take control of their money. They believe they can wake up every day, make a different decision from what they've made in the past, do something different to get a different result. And that hope, it really, it sounds cheesy, George, but it really is the thing. I'm like, that is the very first step is that mindset with that belief that that we can do this. And for some people, it takes longer, some people shorter, but it is possible. Yeah, my favorite stat from the millionaire study we did was 97% of millionaires believe they had control over their financial mm, destiny. Interesting. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. If you it's think awesome. you have agency and autonomy over your life, you're going to act like it. Yep. You're going to behave right. like it. And so that's what this show is all about. We want to give you hope. And I don't care if it's cheesy because <laughs> life is too short. We're going to go eat to some cheese, though, aren't we, on Sunday? Heck yeah, Rachel. Some queso. Well, that puts this Super hour cool. of The Ramsey Show in the books. Thanks to Rachel Cruz, all the folks in the booth, and you, America. We'll be back before you know it. Hey folks, Dave here. You want to hear even more life-changing content from Ramsey? Download the Ramsey Network app so you can catch all your favorite shows all in one place like the Ramsey Show, Smart Money Happy Hour, and the Dr. John Deloney Show. You'll get real talk about life, relationships, money, and your career. Plus, the app lets you browse by topic like debt, business, or selling your home. Get the content you want whenever and wherever you want to listen. Download the Ramsey Network app today.